So, what are we going to do? How are we going to prepare for our next relationship? And then that's a topic that we must dive into. Love is missing in the lives of all of us. I think we just need a little bit more love. And that's what we're going to talk about. How to prepare for your next love, your next moment, your next yes, this is the my person, this is right now, I'm going in. How do we prepare for your next relationship? Let's get into it. We're going to talk about some key things today that you need to do to get yourself ready for your relationship. Drill, what, what are some things that I'm going to need to do? We're going to jump right into it. We're not even going to play with this. The first thing you need to do to prepare and get a pen and a sheet of paper. This is so good. We're going to go over four key elements to prepare for your next relationship. And the first key element is, are you, ladies and gentlemen, are you preparing a space for your person? Are, is one, are you (laughs) preparing a space for your person? What do I mean by that? Are you making room in your life for your relationship that you say you want? Here's a great idea. Um, Say to to yourself, hey, self, (laughs) is my life full of extracurricular activities? I have the PTA meeting. I have the gym thing. I have the what I mean by that is, is there room for one more thing in your life? Is there? Or is your schedule packed to the brim? Now, I don't know you personally as you listen to this podcast, but that's a great question. Do I actually have time in my life allocated? That means carved out. Allocated means carved out. Do I have time carved out for love? I don't think we understand that taking time out for love is self-care. Ooh. Taking, this is good, note-taking, taking time out for love is also self-care, just in case you didn't know that, right? Because this is what we, we talk about this, right? You making sure that love is in your life is also a priority, right? First thing, are you making room? So look at your life and say, am I making room for a relationship in my life? Am I carving out time so when I meet her, when I meet him, I actually have time to develop and cultivate a healthy relationship. Oh, this is... (laughs) I have time to cultivate, develop, and nurture this man or this woman. Do I have time? That's the first thing you need to do to prepare for your next relationship. Find out if you have time. (laughs) You know what, Gerald? That's a... Do I have time? The second thing. Are you preparing yourself mentally? Do you have the number two? (laughs) Write this down. These are the these are the things that I need to prepare for for my next relationship. Do I have the mental bandwidth to handle love? Am I mentally pliable? That means can I bend? Am I, am I, am I, uh, um, do I allow things to just flow in my life or am I rigid in my thinking? Do I know I need, no, I need to give this, uh, uh, I need to be methodical about every single aspect of love in my life. No, 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 I must, I must dissect this. I must, I must, uh, or do you just let things flow? 
Do you have the mental bandwidth for love? Mentally, are you preparing a space for love in your life? Mentally. So first it's physical. Am I creating a, a time and space for the man or the woman who is coming into my life? Number one. Number two, do I have the mental bandwidth? Am I preparing my mind for said love? Knowing that I, I need to compromise with, with one another and, and I need to be able to, to have open discussions and, and dialogue without being offended and offensive and, and combative and argumentative. Do I have the mental bandwidth? That's number two. If you, if you want a relationship, you've got to have some groundwork ready and prepared. And that's what we're going to talk about, right? Number one is, do I have time? Number two, do I have the mental bandwidth? Whew, this is so good. Number three, number three, how to prepare for your next relationship. Are you ready? Number three, am I emotionally available? Am I emotionally <laughs> available? What does that mean, Gerald? What does emotionally available even mean? <laughs> Am I healed enough to feel the love of someone else, to accept the love of someone else, to, to accept a compliment from someone else? Am I emotionally available? Can this person lean on me emotionally? If they were to come to me and, and just needed a hug at 5 p.m. or whatever, if they just need my emotional support, am I emotionally, if, they, if they're sad, if they're happy, if they just want to talk about something, are you emotionally available? Do you have the emotional support inside to support someone else? Are you emotionally healthy so you can be emotionally available to your partner? I'm going to say that again. <laughs> Am I or is one is one emotionally available, emotionally healthy to be emotionally available for my partner is one emotionally healthy to be emotionally available for my partner. That's number three. Am I emotionally available that means, am I healed from my trauma so I can be emotionally supportive for someone else? Or is being in a relationship with me kind of like babysitting a hurt uh, or a wounded person or a wounded uh, animal or and where you constantly need support and reassurance because you are still damaged from your trauma? Are you emotionally available? Number four. Oh, this is so good. Number one, right? Let's go back. Number one. Number one, are you preparing a space for your partner, for her, for him? Number two, what's number two? Do you guys remember? Am I, all right, do I have the bandwidth? Number two, do I have the bandwidth? Number three is, am I emotionally available? Number two is bandwidth. Number three is, am I emotionally available? And what is the last and final foundational principle 
for preparing for your next relationship. The first one was, am I creating a space? The second one was, do I have the mental bandwidth? The third one to create a space for myself is, do I have, am I emotionally available? And what's the last one? The last one is, am I willing to do the work? Am I willing to do the work on myself? Am I willing to go back and look at those three things that I just said? Am I creating a space? Am I emotionally available? Do I have the mental bandwidth? The last thing is go work on those things. (laughs) That's number four. Four things to prepare for your next relationship. I gave you three and the last one is implementation. The last one is go and figure out, am I making space physically in my life? Is there room in my closet? Is there room in my car? Do I have too many dogs to where no one can even, where can a man or a woman be? Where? Quick story. I was, I went to, uh, I was dating this young lady a, a while ago and she told me she liked plants. <laughs> I love plants. I have plants all over my house. Uh, I love nature. And I'm thinking when she said, do I like plants? I'm thinking, well, yeah, I mean, I like alive things, right? And so she says, well, I have a lot of plants. And I said, that's cool. I love plants. She's like, no, I have a lot of plants. And I said, what do you mean like a lot? Well, you'll see when you get here. I said, all right, cool. So I get to her house. And when I first get to the house, it's an apartment. It's a two-bedroom apartment. And when I first get to the house, there's, you know, flowers or plants on the, the patio that's normal get i she opens the door and there's plants throughout the house that a lot of plants so many plants that um the only place to sit down was the couch she showed me her second bedroom the second bedroom was full of plants i mean full of plants this young lady i was dating whole house full of plants no exaggeration when I say full of plants. I looked around and I went to the bathroom. The bathroom is also full of plants. Kitchen, full of plants. The whole house, not a space empty for anyone or anything. So obviously you knew where I, I knew where I stood in the, the scheme of things in, in, in her life. She doesn't have room for one more thing. How many of us, I don't, I don't know if you've looked around your life and you've, you've seen how you try to fill your life with other things other than human connection. We try to replace it with, you know, dogs and cats and plants. And like the young lady, she, instead of having, you know, um, human interaction, she decided to fill her home with plants um, as a um, replacement. It's a cheap replacement. Not plants are cheap, but like for human interaction, replacing it with, you know, animals or plants. There's no replacement for the real thing. I was having this discussion with someone the other day. Do you know why people really get dogs besides like protection and stuff like that? Like now people use dogs for emotional support, right? I love animals. I grew up with dogs, right? I grew up on a farm too uh, outside of Austin. And, but what I've noticed is how people have taken dogs and said, And I don't even think, this is the sad part. I don't think people really know what they're doing. 
So humans need physical touch, right? So let's say you have a dog or a cat, right? That dog or cat has fur or hair like a human, right? Check. We're talking, I want to show you how close animals are to humans and why humans choose to be with an animal versus a human. <laughs> Watch this, y'all. Flow with me. Watch this. So humans need interaction, right? We need physical touch, right? So since you can't, since one, not you, because I don't want to, I don't, since one can't figure out how to delegate one's emotions, how to control your emotions and mindset long enough to be around another human, what we do is, us as humans, what we do is we'll go get something very similar like an animal. And what do I mean similar? Me and my friend was talking about this. She says, Gerald, I never saw it that way. I said, yeah, watch this. So animals have hair and they have a heartbeat and they have blood pumping through their veins. What do we have? We have hair, humans. Well, not me. I lost my hair a long time ago. But most people have hair, right? Okay, check. Animal, check. Hair. Okay, gotcha. Uh, we have a heartbeat. Do Does an animal have a heartbeat? Cat or dog? Heartbeat? Okay, check. All right. Uh, does this thing, does this animal have blood pumping through its veins? Yes. Do we have blood pumping through our veins? Yes. Okay. All right. Um, does the animal have eyes? Yes. Does the animal have teeth? Yes. Oh, oh, does, do we have eyes and teeth? Okay, great. So the only thing, so is it safe to say that dogs and cats and humans really don't, we're, we're not that far apart, are we? You see where I'm going here? Watch this. So, let's suppose I don't know how to get along with other people. What would be the easiest way for me to get all the physical nurturing from a physical being, but not have it be human? What's the easiest way to do that? Hmm. What's the easiest way to get physical touch but make sure that it's not a human who I don't, humans who I don't like those people. I like animals though. Humans, no. Animals, yes. So there's something wrong with a person not liking themselves as a human so much to where they, they're willing to replace the interaction, the real thing with animals. Now, here's the sad part. Animals do not have the ability to have a conscious conversation with you. You know what I thought about? If I didn't want to connect with people and I wanted physical interaction, what could I do? Hmm. If I wanted to avoid connection, but if I wanted to avoid human connection, but still feel physically connected to something, what could I get? If I wanted to avoid human connection, but still have physical connection, what could I use? Hmm. I got it. A cat or a dog. Perfect. It doesn't talk. It doesn't have feelings to tell me about what it feels about me. It can't relate whether uh, it's happy or sad. It doesn't, you know, I sat on the couch a whole week and you know, Daisy never told me to take a shower. Whole week. Two months ago, I sat in the house and Daisy never said to me, are you going to, are you going to brush your teeth this, this month? Never. You know why? 
Daisy doesn't care. Daisy's a dog or a cat. And we, and we know this. We don't want to be responsible and we don't want to have accountability. So what do we do? We get, what, what does one do? We get things in the house that don't even hold us accountable. You know, I've gained 50 pounds. Daisy doesn't care. No, the, the animals don't, the animals will not hold you to any standard whatsoever. So you can live life in any way you want. You don't even need a relationship. And you see how this works? You can't prepare for your relationship because you've, you've convinced yourself that your animals are your family. You've convinced yourself. You've even got multiple cats and multiple dogs like a family. Like a baby and a, two babies. And, and if you're single, you even get a big dog for the man protection. If you think I'm joking, if, you, if, if this is funny or you think, take a look at, at people when, the next time. Notice when you see a woman with a really large dog, she's by herself. Do you know why? Because that dog is a representation of the man that's not in her life. The same way when we see women walking their little puppies and God forbid pushing a four-legged dog in a stroller. I don't understand that. I'm in Miami and I see this lady, I see a stroller and I'm thinking it's a baby in the stroller. You know, like any sane person would see a stroller and think it's a child in the stroller. I'm like, oh my God, it's a, you know, it's a cute little baby. It's not, it's a puppy. I'm sorry, not a puppy, it's a dog. We've even made dogs and pretending like they're, like they're babies. We put them in strollers, like not even. Oh man, I don't. The I don't think one realizes what we're doing. We've become numb to relationship. We'd settled for like a a cheap thrill. And animals aren't even cheap. Like I heard some lady spend like five thousand dollars on her dog surgery. $5,000. And I'm sure there's someone out there who spent way more than $5,000 on their dog. Oh, man. I just think human beings are so much better than sacrificing that. I'm sorry, than replacing them with animals. I love animals. I just don't think they're a replacement for humans. I'm sorry. I love animals. But they're not a replacement for love from a human. Not having a baby, not having a baby and getting a dog is not a baby. Not having a dog and get, I mean, not having a girlfriend and getting a dog is she's not a girlfriend. Not having a husband and getting a dog, it's still a dog. It's not a you want the presence of the real thing, so go fix yourself and go get it. That's the thing. You can go get it. You don't have to settle for an animal. You can have the animal later, sure, as a, as a cherry on top. But you don't need to have a full-blown relationship with your dog. I mean, what are we going to do next? Marry the puppies? Somebody said that's going to start happening. God forbid people start marrying their dogs. I mean, where are we going? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> 
I believe love is so much better. It's so much sweeter. And I think love is available for us all if we're willing to do the work. So let's go back and do the work. Make sure you're physically available. Make sure you're emotionally available. Make sure you have the mental bandwidth. And the last thing is go work on that stuff. Yeah? Let's go. Like, share, subscribe, and follow the podcast. This is Gerald from another spiritual talk angle on relationships. How to prepare yourself for your next relationship, realistically. (laughs) So until next time, I will see you guys again. Namaste.